Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me, as always, are Eric Devin and Philip Bargiel. What a weekend of French football full of ups and downs, winners and losers, people making background deals, and a couple of others got the chop. It almost sounds like a popular TV show that's just returned to our screens. But <laughs> before we explore this week's storylines, here is the latest news. Despite a spirited showing from Lille and the dismissal of Adrien and Rabiot after a pair of bookings, Paris Saint-Germain continued their somewhat predictable march towards another domestic treble Saturday evening, winning the Coupe de Ligue final 2-1. In the league, Nice started the weekend with a 2-0 win over Reims, a result which saw the dismissal of Olivier Guégan as a result, the Champagne club having dropped into the bottom three after Sunday's results. Owing to the final being staged on a Saturday, most of the matches were moved to Sunday, but the one that was played, Lyon's visit to Toulouse, wasn't lacking for excitement, as four goals in the space of a dozen minutes saw the visitors draw level, take the lead, lose it, and then reclaim it in the blink of an eye, reclaiming second place in a thriller that finished 3-2 in the favour of Legon. Sunday's early match saw Marseille, fresh from a 1-0 win at Sochaux in midweek in the Cup, managed to draw 1-1 at home versus Nantes, a match blighted by a straight red from Alexis Romau and a Nicolas Nkulu own goal. The result surely far from ideal when coupled with manager Michel being placed on gardening leave prior to the Cup match. In Sunday's mini-multiplex, Gazalek Ajaxio triumphed in an entertaining Corsican derby 3-2, Although visiting Bastia made the final few minutes a little nervy, the result sees the hosts into safety as they now sit one point above Rats. Saint-Étienne continued, there, continued to be their effective, if what somewhat dull selves. A pair of late goals from inform Nolan Roux, leading to the team uh, to a 2-0 win over Lorient, while Caen drew at Gangomp 1-0, with both teams finishing with 10 men. Elsewhere on Sunday, Montpellier surged to the dizzying heights of 11th thanks to a 4-1 win at home to Troyes, while a late equaliser from Giovanni Cio saw hosts Rennes pinch a point from Monaco, who remain level on points with Lyon, but in third place owing to their goal difference. In Ligue 2, Metz took advantage of stumbles by their fellow promotion hopefuls, their 2-0 win at Red Star, seeing Le Grenat pull three points clear in third, while Dijon officially clinched their promotion, with Nancy able to do the same with a point against Sochaux in the evening's match. In off-pitch news, an already muddled backline picture for Les Bleus was further complicated by Mamadou Sako's positive drugs test. A second test is scheduled for today, but with Kurt Zuma out and Jeremy Mathieu a doubt for this summer's Euros, the results could have huge implications for Didier Deschamps and his team. And that's this week's news. But remember, to keep up to date with all the latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. You can also now listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube on iTunes. So feel free to subscribe to your preferred platform, sorry, or even all three if you so desire. Start this week with the Coupe de la Ligue final that happened on Saturday evening, uh, which moved the Ligue 1 schedule around, and for good reason, as the Cup final was a good spectacle. 
Paris Saint-Germain eventually overcame a brave Lille team 2-1. But did the league champions get a little lucky at the Stade de France, Philip? Yeah, um, the game, um, it has to be said, it was, uh, wasn't was looking very good on paper between a, a strong PSG side uh, and uh, Lille, who were not doing so well a couple of months back. But um, just before just before that game, PSG uh, were, um, shall we say, weak, weakened by and uh, pretty much depressed, I think is the right word, from their Champions League exits, and Lille are high-flying in the league. So it was one to it was one to look forward to. Um, we we knew how uh, Antonetti would um, how uh, how Antonetti is uh, knows how to play those, those types of games. He's been in finals before. I don't I don't think he's ever he's ever won uh, won a cup before. But um, Lille did uh, did their job all right. I mean you can't say uh, they didn't they didn't play well. Um, mate. Most of the time, it's Paris's uh, task to uh, provide the uh, provide a spectacle. Spectacle was not uh, was not all that uh, all that great. I thought um, the goals that were were a bit lucky. Uh, PSG were were dodging in midfield. Webu got uh, got sent off, and actually PSG did score from a, a rather a risky um, way out from uh, Enyama, which uh, looked not not really. Uh, not really necessary, but um, it's another trophy for PSG. One day that they they are expected to win uh, every August, which they have done, as they are expected to win the Coupe de France. You you can feel disappointment in uh, in in the players' face, except for Sirigu. When the final whistle came, Sirigu was absolutely over the moon. You, you sense that the players were were just happy to grab another other trophy. But it's starting to to feel like yeah, it's another one. Well, that's it's always nice, but you know, if we don't win, it's not the end of the world. Sugo was really uh, was really happy about about the whole thing, given he doesn't get to play all that uh, all that much. Um, and I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult for for PSG that now uh, uh, until next uh, March or April, they'll be given uh, the task of uh, of uh, uh, being the best and beating everyone convincingly, because it has been a convincing season. And it's bound not to be a convincing end of season due to the um, disappointment and depression of going of going out to Manchester City. So overall, I mean, I think PSG got the right result. It was never really in doubt. I'd, I would have been very surprised to see Lille win. Um, and um, yeah, uh, logic uh, logic prevailed. But uh, I, I guess I guess Lille could have uh, could have stood out for maybe extra time or, or been more. Uh, solid at the back, but can't really uh, can't really blame them. Eric, it was a it was an intriguing game, but again, it felt like Paris Saint Germain after they grabbed that that goal, they slacked off again in a in another important game. Is 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 that a worry going forward? It seems to be a, an ongoing trend with this team. I mean, I, I think you have to look at it as a worry, but you know. As, as Phil Bradley said, what is, our, what is their next meaningful match? I mean, you know, at the risk of sounding too cavalier, uh, this team frankly has you know nothing to do but but play out the string. I mean, for for besides obviously besides the, the Coupe de France final, I, I'm sure that they they want to win that, especially with it being against Marseille. But uh, yeah, this team just played indifferently. I I think that Lille should be perhaps taking the task a little bit more. Um, I think that you know they really missed Renato Savelli, and they were 
they were, as Philip Ritley said, uh, uncharacteristically loose at the back. It was disappointing and surprising to see that. Um, also, you know, I would have liked to have seen uh, a little bit more of a, of a positive uh, a positive approach going forward from Leal as well. And maybe maybe giving Ronnie Lopez uh, an introduction a little bit earlier to see Leal go for it and press for the win and rather than him having come on uh, after PSG had already taken the lead. Um, you know, I mean, say what you will about PSG, but they're always, uh, sorry, Jorier aside, uh, <laughs> Relatively, uh, relatively solid defensively, and to try and think that the Leo could, could get get a goal or two uh, in what the 10-15 minutes left after Lopez came on, I, you know, I, I have I have my doubts about that. I think that that Leo should have got at PSG a little bit more, uh, especially after after the dismissal. I think that uh, the introduction of Lopez took took too long. That you know, as soon as Rabio had been had been dismissed, that Lille should have been, you know, pressing the issue a little bit more, uh, especially considering, you know, again, the lucky nature of PSG's goals. But, yeah, on, on the whole, uh, you know, not not uh, not the best spectacle, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't the blowout that it, it could have been, um, given, given the way the PSG have performed uh, on some occasions this season. So, you know, I think that'll perhaps... Do, do a little bit to silence some of the doubters and those who like to say that Ligue 1 is just trash. I mean, this this was a Lille team in form, to be fair. Uh, I think that they were just really missed Zavelli at the back. Yeah, and I, th- I think... informed team in, in the in the league, I think, uh, behind behind Lyon. And I think that was before, at the time of... Probably not at the time of kickoff because Lyon had already beaten Toulouse, but I think it was the most informed team in the in the league and they were playing fantastic stuff. Yeah, either them so, or Saint-Étienne, yeah. But yes, yeah. point taken. Yeah, I can. You make an excellent point about them not really going for it, Eric. It felt like a lot of that game, when they had the chances to to be on the front foot, when especially when Paris Saint Germain were taken down to ten men, they just seemed to pass the ball around the box rather than try and make those penetrating runs in it or the passes that will make the difference or try and take a player on. It was almost like it was too conservative and eventually it cost them. But let's talk about the red card for Rabiot for a moment, Philip. It was not the first time he's been sent off this season and (laughs) it's not the first time he's been sent off against Lille either. Um, It was a little bit of a petulant second yellow, wasn't it? Especially when you're already sitting on a yellow card. Yeah, he he does that quite often. And um, I think I think the main the main problem when you're in those kinds of situations is that you are playing for a very good side, and most of the time, if you do get sent off, it doesn't you know it doesn't really matter, which is uh, which is bad which is bad news really because when when you you are playing as uh, important games against um, you know the next season's equivalent of Manchester City, maybe Manchester City actually, um, you, need, you need to be quite careful about that. And I think that uh, when PSG players do uh, those type of things, they just uh, don't really necessarily uh, weigh in the, uh, the consequences. But, you know, let's uh, let's not be overdramatic. PSG only had one sending of this season in the league, and guess what? It was Rabiot. Um, but uh, it's, still, it's still something that needs... It's some kind of uh, self-discipline that... I think uh, has been acquired by the Real Madrid, the Barcelona, um, and uh, that uh, you know you, you really need to stay serious all along. And I think it's also a question of, of uh, 
uh, French culture of, of of you know having you know just just this kind of well I don't I don't really care but uh, because because uh, we still won we still won the cup um, I think I think in other cultures it may be you know don't don't do that every weekend otherwise uh, you'll do it in a very important game and uh, it'll cost you basically your whole season now that that didn't happen against in in the Champions League but you know it could and uh, it's it's been Rabiot's um, Shall we say uh, Akio's heel, uh, if uh, if you can say that. Um, so yeah, just uh, just need to be just need to be careful. Um, but you know, still young and all that, so doesn't uh, should, uh, should should learn from it hopefully. Yeah, and it's those but it's those kind of mistakes that tend to infuriate you a little bit, especially when when a player is so talented. But <laughs> after that sending off. And it's 1-1, and Lille have the chance, and then a moment of madness, Eric, for the final goal. It's it's hard to explain what happens in that one moment, isn't it? Yeah, I I was unfortunately unable to watch the match uh, in full. I was only able to see highlights. Uh, but yeah, I just it's it's disappointing to see that from uh, from a veteran team to see to see Lille, you know. In form and 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 really haven't come together uh, under Antonetti to to let that to let that slip, especially being down. Uh, it's just that that that's some level of redemption for Di Maria after after his showing in the Champions League uh, quarterfinals over the last two legs. So so well done to him in that regard. But uh, yeah, just you really hate to see that sort of that sort of mistake uh, in in a in a game and to see Leo. You know, who, again, in recent, who have done well in the recent in recent past in terms of winning titles and and the like. But uh, you know, this is a again a, a quite different team from say the team that won the title uh, a few years back. Uh, besides, uh, um, I think it's besides Florent Baumann, an entirely new team. Uh, where I, where I to think through them, think through the the, the respective rosters. So, yeah, just just a disappointing um, end end to a match that. Seemed suddenly as if it, if it could swing uh, in Lido, in uh, Lille's way, uh, you know, shades of the first match uh, of the season where uh, Robbie had been dismissed much earlier in the match, but Lille again failed to take the initiative as, as PSG really sought to close things down with the introduction of Verratti. So, uh, I mean, the ball is round, and that's 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 how it is. Yeah, and it, it certainly felt like an opportunity missed for Lille in this one. And and watch, watching the game, I was impressed by one player for for the Lido, especially in um, in Sebastian Courchier. Now he's not really been mentioned that often this season, or for the past few seasons, really. But I th- I thought he did a really admirable job at right back for a team that have you know lent on their defence for many parts of the season. I thought he would he did an excellent header around the 20-minute mark where he essentially denies a free header at the back post and puts it behind. He did some end, It was excellent in the endeavour of getting back and getting forward and, and trying to add to the to Lille's team. And, and uh, I think that it's the kind of performance that might, strangely enough, put him in a shop window in such of a, a big game. But let's head back to sort of thinking about Paris Saint-Germain and, and Philip. It's another one in the bag, isn't it? And it's essentially now wait until the Coupe de France final, surely, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like them to reach the 90-point mark. Uh, I know there's, there's only four points off that, but uh, basically 
uh, now uh, PSG cannot reach 100 points, which is a shame because their season in league and their domestic season has been uh, terrific, historical even, and uh, it would have been good to cap that off with uh, 100, say, say 100 points. Um, so it'll probably be easier in time when uh, they have a, um, a valid uh, contender to uh, um, dispute the title, be, it, be that uh, Lyon or Marseille. Uh, or Monaco, one can only dream. But um, I think, yeah, there's there's not really much uh, much else uh, to to wait for than for Marseille. Now I don't want to make any kind of predictions about that game because I said PSG would beat Manchester City six 0 on aggregate, and they didn't. So uh, I'm I'm just not going to talk about the PSG Marseille final. Uh, just just to say that it's probably yeah it's probably the, the only uh, uh, remaining game of interest to to PSG players. Uh, and my, myself on a personal note, I would like this side to be regarded as the best ever Liga side, which they, which I think they are. That such was the quality of their football. Uh, even though you could say that uh, defenses were 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 not, um, you know, could could have, could have been better. Of course, we you know you can always do better. But best, we do ever, best ever league on side, better than the Marseille team that won the Champions League and reached the final the next year. Yeah, domestically, I mean, I mean, Europe, uh, I don't really know, uh, but uh, I, I, yeah, I do believe on the on the long term by you know the 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 um, the uh, Discipline in all these uh, in all these wins. I think I think mentally, I think it's really mentally where this uh, this 93 Marseille side trumps uh, PSG. Um, but uh, I think in terms of uh, of self self discipline, um, I, I saw I saw the defending has been quite good, actually very very good. And but again, you know, I I do I do I do get if people are going to say, you know, Liga was more competitive back in 93. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I don't. I don't have an answer for that, but uh, I. Uh, yeah, still. I still stand by that quote. Mm. Interesting. Well, it's, I always think it's very difficult to compare teams from different eras and different qualities, different styles of football. So <laughs> we'll leave I that. Think this is why I want, I want them to finish on maximum points, so, so we can get some some sort of comparison. Even though this, if if they do finish with the highest number, it doesn't mean that they are automatically better than any of the Lyon sides who won the seven titles in a row. I think it was. Yeah. It's no, I mean, I yeah. I agree. I agree with you, Phil. Just quickly, that they that they are uh, this this edition of PSG does seem to, does seem to be the most focused and most direct in the league. And, and again, the Manchester City tie had they had Louise Matuidi and Verratti all fit. I mean, you know, we can we can wonder about that, as, you know, for till the cows come home, as as the saying goes. But uh, the fact of the matter is, yeah, this team is much more focused. Uh, the professionalism of Di Maria, the directness of Aurier. Uh, this team has, has, again, managed to kick it up another level. Um, even 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 after having won three consecutive titles, they've shown that there is yet another year. Mm. And uh, con- we'll finish off by just saying congrats to Paris Saint-Germain on another title. And the trouble's still on. We'll wait to see in a, in a few weeks for the, for the Coupe de France final, see if they do complete it. But, uh, we'll so just on. to be clear, uh, if PSG win the Coupe de France, six goes to the Europa League, right? Yes, correct. So six, six whoever finishes. So the top three go to the Champions League. The third gets a playoff. Fourth, fifth, and sixth get um, EL 
So Europa League. Yes. And I believe it's the Coupe de France finalists who gets direct access to Europa League without the playoffs. Is that mm, it? No, that's no longer the case. It's just, no. it's it's. Uh, let's see. So last year it was Saint Etienne and Bordeaux. I think one entered in the third qualifying round. Another one of them entered in the in the playoff round. Maybe yeah. the second qualifying round. But they started their seasons in late July. Both Saint Etienne yeah. and Bordeaux. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it, there's no. There's no entry for cup losers, I don't think, uh, anymore in England that I'm uh, in any European league that I'm aware of. England did away with it uh, as well. The, the loser of the FA Cup is no longer a, uh, a European entry as well. No. So that yeah, that it will be going to sixth regard if if PSG end up winning that. But uh, congrats to them, and we'll we'll move on to. The managerial merry-go-round that's slowly starting up again. Um, we'll just go through two that we'll, we won't really touch upon because they are practically okay. It seems that Laurent Blanc will get another chance at PSG next season, which unless, I'm very happy about. Yes, unless unless Thanks they the unless they lose the Coupe de France final, which might throw a spanner mm, in the works. That's yeah, that might be. Um, yeah, and also um, Leon are probably. Almost definitely going to stay with Bruno Genesio unless a big name comes up. That this is going to be fascinating, though. It, it certainly will be if there's someone interested. But let's start. No, no. I mean, Genesio at Lyon for you know with European football. This is going to be really, really interesting. One, one to you know look over, which mm. we will, I'm sure. But but we'll have a quick look at some of the moves that have already started to happen this week. As Michel was put on gardening leave by Marseille. Olivier Gigon, as we mentioned in the news, has lost his job at Reims and after um, after Friday's result. And uh, non-manager Michel Desicarian announced he will leave the club in the summer as well. We'll start with Michel, who was uh, placed on gardening leave earlier this week. It's been coming, hasn't it, Philip? Mm, yeah. Well, we've had a Marseille fan Mo, uh, talk about his uh, managerial skills uh, Sarcastic quotation marks uh, for Michel. Uh, the thing is, it's always yeah, it's always going to be the same problem, and this is why it's really really good news that Margarita Luis Dreyfus uh, decided to sell the club. Is that uh, the strategy? Uh, well, there isn't really one. It's uh, sell sell your good players, uh, which they did last season. And uh, when you sell all your good players, you don't have any money. You don't get much. Um, in players coming in, so you don't. Uh, to, to me, it's only logical that you don't get a quality, um, a quality manager. Uh, so Luis Dreyfus did uh, wanted um, did not sack uh, Michel, uh, and actually Marseille have uh, have uh, asked their lawyer if they could actually uh, do some kind of deal so that uh, Michel, so that they wouldn't have to pay his uh, uh, fee for firing him. I don't know what uh, that's. Uh, what's the legal term in English? Yeah, it's gardening leave. <laughs> oh, it is gardening. Oh, right. Okay. On gardening leave, it's essentially saying that they want him gone, but they can't afford to sack him, so they put him on a extended gardening leave that's almost like a suspension, in order to try and find a way to either not pay him at all or agree a settlement with him. So that's why he's not managing the club, but he's still technically with the club. Mm. Okay, I did not know that. 
Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, so yeah, and and this is uh, this is pretty much why he is on gardening leave, which I was trying to to explain. I didn't actually know what that, what that meant. Um, and uh, Pasi has been uh, the uh, 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 what's he called between between two uh, interim manager. Uh, interim manager. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's it's logical to to me. I mean, it makes uh, perfect sense here. They they do they do want him gone, but I think the fans do appreciate the fact that the players, the squad, is not very good, uh, and that uh, well, it, it probably shouldn't be playing so low in the table. Marseille are 16th and only five points clear of Reims, uh, who also lost a manager today uh, and uh, have not won in 11 games. So. Nothing really happened uh, at Hampton North this um, yesterday. It was a 1-1 draw against the North side, who are absolutely um, beleaguered as well. Um, they lost uh, four, four on the trot, scoring just one in those four games. Um, and it's uh, it's still still another draw. I don't really. I really think this is a good a good decision waiting for the summer to rebuild, get a new manager. But first and foremost, they need to they need to get a new owner. That's the most important. I do believe Passy will uh, will stay uh, until until a new owner comes in. I don't I don't just don't see Marseille being um, uh, having uh, attractive enough for um, a manager. Mm, it is an interesting it is an interesting situation isn't it and I, I agree with gardening leave I can remember when I heard it I think it was uh, when I was a bit younger when uh, Hull City put Phil Brown on gardening leave and I thought it sounded quite nice but uh, <laughs> it's not as nice as it sounds but Eric we've just mentioned there that it might be difficult for a manager to attract a manager but the club have been attempting to court um, former Chile manager Jorge Sampoli um, in the last couple of uh, weeks and to try and see if they can convince him to come, although he has other offers in Europe. There's a couple of other names being thrown around, such as um, former Roma coach Rudy Garcia, uh, Gangomps, Jocelyn Govanek, and Saint-Étienne's Christophe Galtier. I mean, it all depends on what happens at the board level, really, at OM before anything serious happens, but would any, which of those kind of names will give them the biggest boost, do you think? I'd like to see a, a Gorbanek or a, maybe a Michel de Zakarian. Somebody who, who, who has an ability to put a team together, uh, or Galtier as well, uh, to, who knows the league, who has a solid a reputation for defense, uh, because that's that's going to be key. Uh, let's remember, Nicolas and Kulu is out of contract in the summer, and they're not going to be able to rely on him. So, you know, whether it's Rolando and the likes of Sparania, Rekik, uh, Baptiste Alloway, he's a player who I really like who's, out, who's, who's out on loan right now. I think, that, I think that building this team from the back forward, uh, Steve Mondanda has gone as well. They have a, a, young, a promising young keeper in Bryce Samba waiting in the wings, but the fact of the matter is this team is, is going is to need to be a lot more defensively solid than they have this year. Not that they've been bad this year, but... Uh, that's going to be absolutely necessary, especially uh, if they do lose Batshuayi uh, in the summer, which, you know, g given that he s signed this uh, contract extension, I think uh, looks likely. Uh, the underlying reason for that extension being the fact that he could be sold for a higher fee. 
Um, so I think someone that fits that profile that can can, can get a tune out of, out, of, out of a team by playing hardworking football uh, that might not be the most aesthetically pleasing I mean, given what, we ha- what Marseille had last season with the likes of Ayu, Paye, Gignac. Um, uh, I think that they can they can get uh, they need to focus on youth. There are still uh, even even with Chwai Nkulu and Mandanda leaving, there's still a lot of exciting younger youngish talent here. Uh, Remy Kabe is still fairly young. He's earned some caps for France. He's a he's a fine player. Uh, uh, George Kevin and Kudu and Bunasar are two players who I have a lot of time for. Uh, Roman Alessandrini as well. Uh, Lassana Diara. Should he choose to stay, Abu Dhabi, likewise. Uh, there's a lot of in- interesting pieces in this team that I think that I think there's a lot of potential between uh, the veterans they have and, the, and some of these young players that are that are coming up as well for Marseille to be, you know, I wouldn't say a Champions League contender, but uh, at the edges of European football with the right manager um, this summer. And I think that again, the likes of Adjerzakari and a, a Gorvanek, a, a Galtier, some, somebody who knows. The league well and knows how to knows how to adapt uh, a given playing squad to for success in the league and we've seen you know all three of those of those those play those managers um, do so with with uh, much more limited resources than Marseille have uh, in league on. Yes, and and, th- and thinking of those options, if if something could be sorted at board level, I think someone like Christophe Galtier would be ideal. I mean, we've seen for season upon season him make Saint-Étienne competitive defensively and then just like they have in the last five games if you haven't conceded. So that's pushed them right into the Champions League contention simply because he's fixed that back line. That could be an ideal one. Or the, I'm pretty sure the one that the fans probably want the most is Jorge Sampaoli with his attacking style of football and a disciple of Bielsa. That would be an interesting one. But we'll, we'll go to Nantes now who like we mentioned earlier, Zakarian will be leaving at the end of his contract at the end of the season. Um, they've started looking for replacements, and one name in and their prime target reportedly, according to our website, there's a fantastic article called The Big Picture. Have go and have a look. Um, is Algeria is former Algeria boss? So apologies, uh, Christian Gorkouf. But it looks like he might be going to Ren. <laughs> so other individuals they've sounded out are the likes of Antoine Kumbare of Lens. And former Ligue 1 winner Rene Girard, Philip, who would be the right man to take Nantes forward? I'd go with Gourcuff. I think he's um, he he showed what he can do at Lorient. Uh, he put them in uh, uh, most of the time they were uh, up, uh, up uh, first half of the table, so from first place to tenth place. Um, I do. It's not. It's not really a surprise. Going back on Derzaka, you know, he's done a he's done a very good job at Nott, uh But you sense that it was coming, uh, some kind of end of an era type of thing, and that the players, not not that he lost the dressing room or anything, but maybe that he want maybe he wanted out or maybe didn't have the necessary motivation to uh, keep the keep the club going. And we know how how far these things can go. I mean, Nott were very, uh, very much an established club ten years ago, and they spent. Uh, a horrible amount of years uh, in uh, in League Two, and uh, the fans the fans know how uh, how fast this can um, come upon you. A club like a club like Nott, who don't who are not loaded, um, and who need to uh, do the dirty work themselves. Uh, I think Gorkuf, uh first of all, to keep the club at this uh, solid. Um, 
mid mid table position in in the league uh, is um, is a good appointment. And moreover, I, I think after these kind of uh, poor run of forms towards the end of the season, I think um, it needs to be very careful because there there comes some kind of negative spin with uh, that kind of results with uh, consecutive 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 sorry defeats. And uh, I think uh, um, an experienced guy needs to uh, to take over the, the helm. I don't think any club with uh, trouble scoring would be particularly happy to have Ronigiar on after what he showed. Uh, he can he can have a good good and bad good days and bad days, but uh, most people will remember the Lille um, boredom, if you will. And uh, I, I firmly believe that Gorkiv should be um, enrolled by um, the not uh, not chairman uh, Valdemir Kita. Eric, I saw you mention on on Twitter that someone needs to take the club forward. Who who would be the right man to put them in the right direction? I I agree. I think Gorkiv is a fantastic um, would be a fantastic manager. I mean, look at look at the. The sorts of players who have come through um, Lorient's academy: Gignac, Tevin Gamero, Morgan Amofitano, Christophe Jale, Laurent Koscielny, uh, Lamincone, Bruno Aquile Mangala. Uh, there's a ton of players uh, who you know have been in and around uh, the old the old saw there, in and around the France squad in recent years, and as well as other as other countries' uh, squads as squads too. And he's always tried to play a, a positive attacking. Uh, Style of football, and he's he's shown been really adept at showing his ability to bring through youth. And looking looking over this not squad, the likes of Leo Dubois, Wilfried Mwembe, uh, Adrian Thomason, uh, Valentin Rongier. There's a lot of exciting young talent uh, in in that not team. And 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 given the history of their, of their academy as well, I'm sure there's more in the pipeline. And you know if if they can retain that defensive solidity that they've shown under Dzerzhakarian, uh, well, giving some of these youngsters a little bit more of a, of a free reign going forward, uh, perhaps sign Yusuf Sabli permanently, for example, uh, then I think I think not really have the ability to push for Europe. They've been sort of up and down in this regard. Um, injuries have un, have undone them. Uh, they've always had the defense to 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 be successful, but they've sort of lacked in the, in the attacking mode. But, you know, players have been in and out of form, but uh, I think with somebody like Gorkouf, uh, who will be brought in um, and given a little bit more more power than Derzakarian, I, I kind of wonder, you know, with with the transfer ban and and what what Derzakarian's role is uh, in terms of being a manager versus being a head coach, um, how how exactly that ends up playing out uh, with within uh, within the hierarchy of not. That uh, obviously a figure such as Gorkouf is is a little bit more respect, and I think will be given a little bit more leeway to develop players and, and take a chance. Now that not are a little bit more established as a league on club, because we have to remember that as well as Derzakarian has done to keep the club up, um, given dire finances and and the transfer ban that they had had for they had as well. Um, now that the team is a little bit more established, uh, they should look to push on. Given you know what a fantastic atmosphere there always is at the Beaujois. And in addition to that, just uh, the resources available to the team. Uh, you know, again, let's not forget, not or a club that have won uh, quite a few titles. Uh, they were in the Champions League uh, as recently as a dozen years ago. Uh, there's huge potential 
uh, for this club to be, you know, among the European hopefuls uh, year in and year out, given what's available to the to the team uh, in their in their in in the that their region, uh, and to play more positive attacking football and keep developing youngsters, I think that the likes of Gorkouf would be a positive uh, appointment for sure. Not to mention that not uh, back in 2001 was the last side to win the French League before Lyon's uh, dominance, and uh, most of the side was um, homegrown talent. I can just see a guy like Gorkouf uh, doing that kind of thing. I'm not saying that not are going to win the title with Gorkouf, obviously, but uh, you know, build build the academy and make it even stronger than it is, which is not not too bad. Much better than it was a couple of years before, obviously. Um, so. There is this this culture of not a, it's a bit like at Bosea of uh, doing the doing the way um, in house uh, and that and that not necessarily spending millions on the on the transfer market. This is this is basically the club's legacy and one of the biggest uh, in France. Mm. And it's strange to think that even though we mentioned Christian Gorkouf will be ideal for Nantes, it looks like he'll be heading to Rennes, um, supposedly being offered a two-year contract under Roland Corbis, as knows he'll be, I'm sure, very pleased to be having someone usurp his job after he usurped Philippe Montagnier's job, but it, we mentioned Dizakarian then, and it looks like he might not be out of a job for long, as Gangomp have already made contact with him as they expect Jocelyn Gorvenek to be moving on this summer. Philip, would that be the right kind of move for Gangomp? Moving from Gorvenek to Derzakarian, I think yeah, that's, I think that's a good step. I don't think it's a particularly good step for Derzakarian. I don't I don't particularly see what's why he would move to a smaller club um, or why not stay at not. But then again, I, I, I did uh, a lot of things would say about uh, the motivation and uh, in and around the place. Um, no, I think there's a account should aim a bit a bit higher. We didn't really talk about Puel, uh, Claude Puel, uh, Nice manager. Apparently his contract is out, right, um, at the end of the season in June? Yep. Uh, I, I actually see the other account doing a fine job at Nice, especially if they manage to keep Ben Affa, especially if the chairman is uh, willing to uh, get, get some money out to, um, to, to pay the wages for a couple of years of uh, another, another couple of years. I can see Dazak out this. It wouldn't be, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't say, okay, that guy doesn't have us a necessary um, experience or, you know, quality to, to manage a side like this. And, and it's very, very, very good, uh, again, academy. Um, because uh, Nice are not, weren't really expected to be that good this season. And uh, let's face it, they were that good because of, uh, thanks to, uh, thanks to Ben Arfa and this, this whole, Dynamism he he brings with him, so yeah I don't uh, honestly I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, yeah I wouldn't see um, I wouldn't see uh, Derzak Carion at um, at Gagan. I, I would I would I would find it a step down. There's also also Gouvernec is being is being uh, shouted about in basically every every other club that uh, would would need another manager. Uh, I, I I honestly think that it needs to be very careful with that type of. Of rumor because uh, he, he, yes he is managing a small club he's not and he is making them um, a uh, regular feature in in uh, in Niger. but I don't see him being an overall success at a at a, at a bigger club I think he's he's fine at Gagan I don't think uh, I think it's a good match really and I don't think he should be uh, aiming for something big 
just just yet. But that's you know that's me. I hope you can stick with me here because I'm just about to get a li- maybe slightly confusing. So here we go. You've mentioned the Zakarian possibly mm-hmm. being at Nice, and like we've already said, Claude Pluel's future is still not assured with the club. They, he's not signed a new deal. That's possibly because Leonardo Jardim might be leaving Monaco to head back to Russia. He's still frustrated with the situation there after the summer still. To go back to, sorry? To, to potentially Russia or Portugal. He's seen as oh. possibly a successor to Andre Villas-Boas at uh, oh. St. Petersburg and oh. um, possibly possibly even Porto. But um, <laughs> So so there's two all there, and then so that opens a, possibly a Nice. That's um, a club Porto do need a manager though badly. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, it's, it's a place is uh, is not is it's, it's really doing terribly for the last couple of seasons, haven't they? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. far behind Benfica and Sporting, which is uh, something that never happens. So I think I think they do need uh, actually. I, w- I would believe uh, for, for St. Petersburg. I, I, I don't know, but uh, if if you tell me Jardim to Porto, I would probably believe there's that, that rumor. Uh, <sighs> And yeah, so you show you show that into the mix, and um, yeah, and there's even there's more. P- yeah, Pirel has managed Monaco before, so you know you get you get to thinking. Yeah, why yeah. not? It's not it's not a long drive, you know. And so uh, with that vacancy potentially happening, Nice have been in contact with Jocelyn Govnek, who's also been offered to Bordeaux, mm. Marseille, and could even go to Saint Etienne if Christophe Galtier leaves Le Ver for another club. See, and those three. That you mentioned, Bordeaux, Marseille, uh, Saint Etienne. Who would you rather? Who, who would? Who should go over Nick pick? That was I'm thinking more Bordeaux. <laughs> so go I'm ahead, sorry. Eric. I'm, I'm sorry. The question one more time. It will be. Govnek has has been contacted by Nice. He's been offered to Bordeaux, Marseille, and could even be possibly going to Saint Etienne. Out of those four clubs, who do you think would be the best fit for Jocelyn Govnek? I, th- I think Saint Etienne. I think that given mm. their fan base and given their resources and th- th- the issues they've had with injury this year, to be f- to be frank, I mean, uh, they've had a lot of key players miss miss time out, like Zabaric, Loic Perrin, uh, Kevin Teofil, Catherine, Frank Tabanu. Uh, a lot of really important players have missed out uh, due to injury, and now that they're they're back fit and fighting, uh, with the exception of Baric, we're seeing the potential for this team. I, I think, given how how good their defense is, and and given uh, you know, I think the very shrewd uh, transfer moves that they made they made in the recent past, likes of Tanan, Selness, Soderlund. Uh, this team, you know, really has the resources and the talent to be uh, not a, just a European contender, but m- make a real push for the Champions League. I know they're only two points off second right now, uh, but you know, think with think with where they could be. You know, where Perrin had not not to have missed a month, where Tabanu and and Tiafil Katrin not to have missed you know multiple months out. Uh, you know, having a, a fit and healthy team. I mean, this this team, I think, you know, could be a legitimate contender for second, uh, second place next season, given uh, the rumors that are swirling around the likes of the of the likes of the playing squads at uh, at Monaco and Lyon. Uh, there's not those kind of rumors uh, surrounding Saint Etienne's playing staff, and are they were they to retain the same or a very similar squad? Uh, there's massive potential there, and I, I think that. That Gorvanek would be right to pick Saint Etienne uh, in, in terms of their potential, and he could, you know, really make himself be seen as one of the elite managers in Europe, uh, were he were he to put put that team uh, firmly into the Champions League. 
Right, I'm going to do some very quick fire yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Why would why would Galaxy leave? If yep, he's... That's going to be the question in a moment. I'll do some very quick fire ones because we're, we're running slowly out of time. So I'll go. Uh-huh. The Bordeaux um, have contacted another club that's contacted uh, René Girard as well as possibly sticking with Ulrich Rame, who has impressed the club with his um, t- time in um, so far this season. Out of those two, Philip, single name, who would you have, Rame or Girard at Bordeaux? Rame. Eric? Girard. I, th- I think his defensive abilities uh, will get that team back on the right track and let those young attacking players shine a little bit more. Yeah, I, th- I think Girard will be a, a step up in, in management for I that club. I think the fans would turn on Girard if, um, if things don't go right from the beginning of next season and probably uh, probably a bit less so with Rami due to his inexperience and his past for the club. Hmm. And it'll be interesting to see him. F- and f- two more. So Saint-Étienne. Um, like we've mentioned earlier, Christophe Galtier might be leaving in the summer. He's worked excellently for the last couple of seasons for the for the club, and, and that's put him in very good faith with the board. And they will allow him to leave should an opportunity he wants come up. Um, is it time for him to make that step up, Philip? Where? <laughs> that's exactly the question, isn't it? So if it, if say it, it, what would be a step up for him might be a better question then. Ah. Um, hmm. Well, there's Lyon, but you know, uh, I don't, can't see it happening somehow. <laughs> Saint-Étienne Marge moving to Lyon and Buenos Genesio uh, turning turning Lyon around in mid-season. Uh, and to be honest, uh, it really is a toy cost if Saint-Étienne are going to finish ahead of Monaco because you know, I mean, look, look if you look at the table, Saint-Étienne are only two points behind Monaco with a uh, near equal goal difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, with uh, what three games to go, so I don't really see a real a real step up. Of course, it's easy to say at the end of the season if Monaco finish above Saint-Étienne, Monaco would be a step up. Uh, you could say the same with Nice, but I I honestly think that Nice uh, won't be uh, doing that type of season very often. Um, and uh, no, I think I think Galtier would be uh, wise to stay put. Eric, do you think it's time for a step up? I'm thinking of it could be even a foreign club like a, a maybe a slightly out of left field like a Valencia or something like that. Um, I, yeah, I suppose so. I, it's hard to say because I feel like Galtier has, has done really well to keep building Saint-Étienne, but every year it's fifth, fifth, sixth, fifth, mm. and it's fourth. I mean, it's it's just under the Champions League glass ceiling, and I feel like. This season, given the given the unevenness of Monaco and Saint-Etienne, Monaco and Lyon, sorry, uh, that I, I feel I feel like he should have one more season at Saint-Etienne, uh, just to see what he can do with this with what I think is a fantastically well-developed squad, uh, and and to see if he can make qualify for the Champions League next season because he has he's had has had terrible luck with injuries with that squad this season. I mean, it's not too late this season. They've got they've got Toulouse, Nice, and, and Lille in their next three matches. Win all three of those, and and who knows? It's it's an interesting one. I mean, there's a lot of different permutations. I I do implore you to read the article we have on our website. It it goes through it much more succinctly than we may have this evening. But uh, go through that. Have a look at all the rumors and. Maybe you might be able to just follow along with what might be a crazy, crazy summer in Liga. Um, one more managerial change that we do want to mention, but we'll we'll flow into our relegation talk. And and Rance 
lost on Friday evening to uh, Nice, which saw the end of Olivier Gégon's reign at the club. Um, Philip, was it a little bit too late to get rid of Gigon? Had they got enough time to recover? Hmm. Uh, I think uh, what did it was not the defeat on Friday. It was okay. once again the defeat against Troyes um, last uh, Saturday, I think it was. Um, and I honestly think it was a bit it was a bit harsh. I, I honestly think that Reims uh, were having a, a bad uh, a bad run. You know, not anybody can see that three uh, three wins in in eight games. But um, hmm, I, I think uh, I think. Not a lot of sides would have uh, avoided a 2-0 win at Nice, um, and um, yeah, looking looking uh, looking at the at the fixtures, I don't think it was it was the right time to to sack uh, to sack the manager. He was doing a um, a fine job um, a bit before in the season, you know, beating Bordeaux 4-1, um, drawing at Monaco 2-2, a game they probably should have should have won. But there are those games that they that some side who want to get out of relegation simply have to win. That home loss against Guingamp was a must win. And if they won that, um, uh, Guingamp would have been fine. And Govenic would have been um, not fine. Then you've got Renway. Renway were doing were doing very well. They beat Nantes, and then this comes in. I, I just don't really see the point. I think I think it's a, it's a matter of uh, of the um, fixture fixture pileup, and that uh, it, he he really shouldn't have lost at Troyes, um, because uh, when you look at the fixture list, uh, everybody was saying, okay, we're struggling. We're going at Nice. They're half flying. They've got they've got Ben Alpha. We're going to get demolished anyway. Whoever whoever's whoever's on the bench. It's that, it's that kind of thing, I, I reckon. And when the defeat came in at Troyes, I, I, I believe, uh, I did read reports that uh, the, the team were mentally very, very, uh, not really believing uh, anymore, and that uh, they had Toulouse coming back up. And, uh, they, you know, people were starting to, to get restless. But still, I don't see this uh, sacking um, changing Reims' face, unfortunately. Eric, it was a tough loss to take again as they looked a little bit abject against a very impressive Nice. Um, it feels, it, doesn't it feel a little bit too much too late on Gigon? Maybe they made it, needed to make this decision maybe a week earlier. Yeah, and if especially in the wake of the Nice loss, I again Nice are in form and and Rans, again we're missing uh, Yaba Kankava and. Uh, uh, El Kautari. I mean, they were missing two very important defensive players, let's not forget. And it's not to say they didn't have their chances in that match. Uh, Charbonnier uh, forced a sharp save from, from Cardinal early in the match. Uh, they, they, they played decently enough. Germain's goal, first goal was, was delightful. I mean, it, and that was a, a nice moment of individual skill from him. It's, mm. it's not as if Rams played poorly. Uh, they just ran up against an, an informed team. Um, I, I think that... I honestly think that Gagon did well in terms of adapting this team uh, with the with the arrivals of the likes of Thievi Alcotari uh, in the winter window and, and really getting getting the best out of them and last Bangora as well. But it's just it's it's a shame to see uh, see them sort of fall apart like that. If they really believe that he was the problem, then I can see where they're coming from. But I I think that. 
this particular loss was just a little bit circumstantial, uh, and that he's a little bit harshly done by. He he had got a, a pretty nice run of results for them, uh, particularly uh, uh, just after the window closed, and he had that that nice three five two really working well. And uh, again, it's a, it's a different system now, and it, it, it's. Sorry, it, it was a, it was a change in system that I think was really giving them an advantage, and I don't think that it's been. I, I don't think that they he was given a proper chance. I mean, they still have they're home against Montpellier this weekend, and then they're away to Marseille. Okay, well that could be four four or six points, and then they're safe. You know, they 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 still have a decent chance despite having Lyon on the last day of the season uh, to to get safety uh, should Gazlek slip up in the next couple matches. Uh, it's not like this is done. I think he should have been allowed a chance to pull himself out of this. Yeah, and that was the big resort of the weekend is Gazalek gained that 3-2 win over Bastion. That was amazing, though. That was a big surprise to me. I don't know about you guys, but I was I was absolutely shocked to, to see Gazalek beat Bastia. It, it did seem to come out of the especially on the, the form they're in, but Philip, with games against the likes of Lyon and PSG coming up for them, this was an absolutely vital win, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, local um, beating Bastia doesn't doesn't happen very often for this uh, very very small club. It's a, it's a tiny little club, uh, much smaller than uh, the Asi uh, uh, um, the who are usually uh, better placed uh, in in the divisions. It's very rare when you have Gazalek being in front of uh, of. Um, of Asia Ajaccio and you know local pride was uh, was restored and and also it was uh, the first the first win in five which really puts them out of out of the relegation zone for you know a, a very long time the last time they were out of the relegation zone were, was the beginning of February so it's a great win it's a great win for uh, the drama of this league uh, because Again, you, you got the feeling with Arsenal too that they were going they were going to swap because the um, the dynamics were were really uh, favouring Toulouse and not Reims, and now you've got Gazelek who are who are fi- finally woken up. Now, I I can only see a Lyon um, win against them on uh, Sunday, um, and you know why not why not a draw against PSG? PSG are uh, like we said before they've only got this uh, Coupe de France final to look forward to against Marseille. You know, why uh, why not? And then the, the, they've got on the final day they're travelling to Lyon. Um, I don't. Um, uh, I, I, I can see I can see Gazalek win. So you know why not? Why not? It is, but it's certainly changed. You know, I mean, it's certainly this 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 result certainly changes things. Yeah, and and another result that changed things at the bottom of the table. Uh, Eric was that the game for Toulouse against Lyon. They put on a real brave performance, but it just got it stolen away from at the last minute. How is that the hammer blow to their survival hopes? Um, I think it has the potential to be just in terms of you know what a great fight they put up and and how it could be emotionally damaging for them. Uh, I still think relegation is gonna might come down. To, is probably going to come down to the last match day. Uh, both these teams have, or all three of these teams, that is, Toulouse, Reims, and Gazlek, have uh, serious defensive issues. I and mean, we saw that, it, I mean, let's be honest, Gazlek won, but looked very, very shaky at the back. Bastia, you know, with some with some more clinical finishing, easily could have won that match, uh, even with Gazlek scoring, scoring three. Uh, they've got, and they, all three of them have tough run-ins, serious defensive issues, and I think it'll really come down to... Um, you know what their opponent's motivations are. 
I would probably favor Rance to stay up at this point, uh, given given the fact given Marseille is in different form and the fact that uh, Montpellier are now on 43 points, 11th place. Uh, they're not mathematically safe, but uh, let's let's face it, you're seven points clear with three matches remaining. Uh, you're you're essentially on the beach. So I would I would tip Rance at this point to 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 stay safe uh, with guys like Antilles going down. Very quickly, Philip, who would you say stays up? Uh, Toulouse, still. And there's me thinking that the result on the weekend might have seen them off in the end. But uh, it will be one of the ones that will go down onto the the final day of the season, really. It could be Marseille, but, you know, I don't... I just, yeah. <laughs> and would that be the dream ideal scenario for you, would it be, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I honestly do not wish it for French football. I, I honestly don't. No, but, but it could still happen. But they, with three games to go, it's going to be very, very interesting in that bottom, bottom three and four, where essentially two out of those three will definitely be relegated. Um, we'll move on to our final topic this week, and in a blow to Les Bleus, Liverpool defender Mamadou Sakho is facing a potential minimum six-month ban after failing a drugs test. Um, his second test is today, and we should find the results out soon. But according to the English press, it was believed that a fat-burning substance is to blame after the former PSG man tried to cut weight after being let out at the starting uh, start of the season by former manager Brendan Rodgers for being overweight. Um, Philip, how much does this affect Didier Deschamps' plans ahead of Euro 2016, and who could come in to replace him? Hmm. Um, well, uh, if you look at Sacco's season, uh, Liverpool fans can, uh, can can testify he's not uh, he's uh, he's not that good on on the ball and getting the ball out of defence is not is not uh, his strong suit either. Uh, he's still a, a a bloody good warrior as he showed against Dortmund. Um, so I believe this is uh, a bit like Benzema, a blessing in disguise. He's a he's a Deschamps player. Deschamps Deschamps would would play him, I I believe, but uh, he's still uh, extremely uh, extremely uh, risky to have at the back. Now the um, ongoing opinion would be between uh, to replace him Perrin and Umtiti. I really do hope that it's a Liga player that replaces him, um, and. Um, and I would go with Umtiti. He's a he's a very good uh, he's a very good centre back. He's a I believe he's left footed like Psycho. Um, plays on the left side of a of a of a um, of a back four on the left side of uh, both uh, both centre backs, uh, if, uh, if you will. And uh, yeah, Umtiti gets my vote. Philip, uh, Eric, sorry, who do you vote for replacing Mamadou Sako in the uh, Leblu squad? Well, assuming if Jeremy Matthew doesn't make it, Perron and Umtiti can both go. Um, but I think at this point, uh, as much as I love Umtiti as a player, I think that Perron's experience and just the fact that he is a little bit more contrasting in style uh, to the likes of Varane or, or uh, Ischelny, that he's a, 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 bit, a bit less of a player who's willing to hair out of defense and try and make tackles. He's a more stationary player. I, I would favor Perron in this instance. I think his man-marking and... Uh, positional awareness is much, much better than Sako's. Uh, even were Sako not injured, I, I would prefer Peran over Sako, uh, even in the absence of any issues, personally. I think Peran has been uh, absolutely imperious for Saint-Étienne this season. Look at the upturn in form uh, for the team. Uh, it's now five matches con- without conceding a goal in the league, um, and that's uh, almost certainly down uh, to the return of their captain. It's, it's a travesty, really, that this Chelsea uh, Chelsea defender got injured and, and misses the tournament as well. I mean, it's starting to to, to feel like there's some kind of a, 
uh, a bad spell against uh, against uh, French French players going into uh, a tournament on on home soil. But you you've got um, uh, what was his name again? Kurt Zuma, is it? What are you thinking? Of? Sorry. What are you thinking of Kurt Zuma again? Or Zuma? Yeah. It was Zuma, Benzema, now Sacco. It's uh, you know I, I mean it would have been great to to have Zuma. Um, in the 23, um, not to be unfortunately. But when you can replace him with the likes of like Petan, he can't moan too much at least. Although he hasn't seen that much international play, but he's a capable defender nonetheless. Um, uh, that's all we have for this week's show. My thanks to Eric and Philip, and to everyone listening at home. Uh, we shall see you at the next same time next week. And remember, in the game of football, you either win or you get paced on gardening leave. Uh, Abianto, and goodbye.